wait a second. Cat's taking her sweater off and I'm getting here. Oh, that's when people are going to show up. Jason's like, I got here just in time. Cat, we got to go with this. We need the views. Come on. Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence right now, today, this day. <laughs> my name is Will, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, and they're also my friends, and I tried to not look at the paper, and it just goes off the rails, as if I haven't read it nearly 200 <laughs> times now. Cat uh, and John, there you go. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. Hey there. Merry Christmas. Oh, just yeah. belated, I guess. Mm-hmm. And almost New Year. Yeah. Happy early New Year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Everything that you celebrate, uh, mm-hmm. we are happy for you to do that. And um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and hey, don't forget, in addition to his co-hosting duties here, John also hosts his very own grown-up, very adult podcast. It must be. I guess, I'm guessing from the name. I've never heard it. But it's called Gen X Grown Up. Thanks. So it must yeah, be about... You're, you're too kind. Cat's risking making noises in front of the microphone. Sorry. I'm show sorry, us I'm the sorry. t-shirt that no one else can see. Except our Facebook Live audience right now, because we are recording this episode live on Facebook as we close out the year that is or that was 2022. I'll try not to get kicked off. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, folks, if you're joining us in the stream and you haven't already, go to StreamYard.com slash Facebook and give uh, give StreamYard permission for Facebook to share its comments with us. Because mm-hmm. we're on a different software, because it couldn't be just mm-hmm. it couldn't be just a simple thing. If Facebook no, no. couldn't just get its act together and make it, nope, no. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> Special permissions. Yeah. All right, and uh, that's that. Okay, I'm taking that off so I could see you guys a little bit bigger than I see you right now. Ooh. Okay, hey. So on today's show, look, uh, this is what we're going to do, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as that's we go through the year uh, and every episode, as we produce it, one of the we do a couple of things, right? We one we decide on topics. Uh, mm-hmm. We may have an interview. You know, a celebrity or an academic of some sort to come and talk mm-hmm. on some kind of a 1980s uh, issue. But with mm-hmm. every episode, regardless, we talk about current 1980s news, mm-hmm. right? So uh, every is, time, almost every time. And <laughs> I'm going to say for the entire year, except for the last, I don't know, three weeks, there's an abundance of stories related mm-hmm. to 1980s media that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. We've been having to shake the trees and. <laughs> Dearth. I don't know what accounts for that, except I guess maybe everything winds down even as the year comes to a close, just like other mm-hmm. businesses, maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Know. Yep. Yep. But um, so that's one reason we're doing this today. But the other reason is it just because, you know, I don't know. I thought it would be fun. So because there's usually so many stories, we have the luxury of saying we're not going to talk about this one because it's not as interesting. So what we did is take the lesser interesting. <laughs> So we've saved all the trash yes. for you. To, to give it to you we all at once. Closet. <laughs> I'm sure there's some kind of metaphor for that, right? You got some horrible thing you need to do. Do it all at once. Just get it done. So we have roughly here a dozen, slightly more than a dozen or so, 1980s news stories that we just skipped over. Uh, you'll, you know, maybe you'll see why. Or maybe you'll be like, hey, there could be something that's interested to you. Interesting Is it a baker's dozen? Yeah, it's a baker's that. dozen. That's true. You're right. <laughs> Beautiful. Dozen. Nice. Um, and uh, they're all related to the 1980s, just like, uh, you know, all the time we talk about it. We um, see you, Kathleen. Oh, yeah. Hey, Kathy. I was just typing that. Nice. Oh, yeah? Junior's acting weird. Oh. Hey, Kyle's here. 
He says, hello, homies. Homies. Um, I'm a homie now. I like that. So I'm going to look <laughs> up my board here and I'm going to read the one that says announce because John wisely told me to make this one announce. I don't press the wrong thing. Mm. Okay. A quick, before we get to the 1980s news, a quick <laughs> announcement. Ah, there it is. Nice. Um, so look, we're taking January off. That's the announcement. Okay. Oh, all what, of January? Well, it might be the whole year and maybe forever. It depends on you <laughs> listeners. Well, if you want well, us to come back, uh, right? I'm sorry, guys, to break it to you this way. This is the biggest news story is, of 2022. Everyone's this is the first listening. I'm hearing of this. Uh, Marcus is not going to be happy. Uh, he said he really enjoyed the interview free show last week. Uh-huh. More of this trio. Oh, yes. And less superfluous. Well, you know, Marcus is a Patreon supporter, so we're going to listen to what he says. Superfluous mm-hmm. randos. So, That's everyone but us. Marcus. And Marcus, yeah. we're going to turn Patreon off for the month of January, so you don't have to pay for nothing. Uh, <laughs> just as an aside. But um, hey, my Aunt Teresa's here. Hey, I feel worse saying just say hi, Teresa. That's my aunt, my Aunt Teresa. Hi, hey, Teresa. Um, oh, yeah. So look, this happened. We did this during the summertime too. There's just an opportunity to recoup and recover and plan and. Uh, mm-hmm. sometimes, and John can attest to this, although he is really good at doing a lot at one time. And I, I've said this many times, I aspire to be John. Uh, he's a <laughs> little too. older than I am. So, you know, <laughs> you aspire to be John too. When, when I'm your um, age. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, just, it's, it's hard to, uh, do, you know, I guess try to develop new things at the same time you're taking care of the things you do you know, routinely every week as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But, and maybe to Marcus's dismay, there's still some guests I'm trying to get. So uh, there's some work involved in that, but uh, <laughs> research, reading, lots of things. But yeah, I appreciate that mm-hmm. you said that, Marcus. My wife says the same thing. She says, I skipped the interviews. You guys are great. When you start, when Aww. someone else gets involved, eh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Unless you really want to hear the person. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. podcasts I listen to where I love the people. That's why I go to it. Mm-hmm. And if they do a segment that's specific to a TV show or movie that I'm interested in, and I stop listening at that point. That's fine. I still get 30, 40 minutes of, you know, banter. That's fun. I love hearing the interviews because yeah. I love hearing Will do an interview. Oh, thanks, Kat. Well, you know what? Thank one you. of the Aww. things, uh, one of the things I thought about doing was maybe we should just split it up, right? We have our show okay. regularly. And if I get mm-hmm. an interview, that'll just be a bonus episode that week or something like oh, that. Oh, interesting. Um, oh. And folks, more content means more fun. Uh, <laughs> Marcus agrees with Mrs. Will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Whatever, Marcus. Hey, Marcus, again, he's a Patreon supporter. So yeah. yeah. And I he's always agree boss. with Mrs. Will as well. So. Mrs. Will has excellent taste, <laughs> I will say. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John. I know Ooh, that was the blue a background. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was compl- we were complimenting her on a choice of spouse. All right. Hey, let's further, let's not <laughs> put this too. off. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else to talk about, right? So yeah, it's, January will be off. We'll be back. Uh, if we're not back by the end of January, we'll be back certainly at the beginning of February. Um, mm-hmm. So this will be our last episode of the year. All right. Um, all right. Hey, let's play a theme and let's put that little wheel on the screen. I'll explain you how this is going to work here. All right. So let's get caught up on 1980s news from 2022. Like whatever was left. Okay. So here, I'm going to add this little wheel to the screen here. Hopefully it's folks. the dust bin. Could see this there it home. is. Maybe, Ooh. maybe Kat, if I don't, you could help me take that off the screen when we're uh-huh. talking. So. Okay. I'll try to. If I don't, I'll that. try to remember to. Collaboration. Oh, All right. Oh, you know what? Maybe I should put this. Let's so just zoom in on this right yeah. now. So, right, so we've got our baker's dozen of stories here. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not even going to tell you what they are. We'll just spin the wheel. Something mm-hmm. will come up and then we'll talk about that then. All I'm right. ready. <laughs> Kathy right. says the backgrounds look like school picture day. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. That's funny. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let's spin the wheel and see what uh, we're going to talk about here. 
You might not be able to hear nice. the sound or not, but yeah, we hear it. Oh, you can. Okay, good. The greatest 1980s horror. Oh, uh, so yeah. So, okay. um, hmm. all right. Now I gotta go through my stack here. Hang on. You guys can just talk amongst yourselves. Shuffle, shuffle. <laughs> we can hear the shuffling. <laughs> this just in. Let me yeah. go to the teletype. Yeah. <laughs> so I can show you some stuff that's near my desk. Look what I found. Oh, that's a a, a puzzle orb thing. Yeah, orbies orb. or something? What was it called? Orb. Yeah. Not yeah. orbies. Those are, oh, those are or, the, oh, That's the um, things you soak in water that oh. make them. Yes. Is this the icky, one that right. get eaten by my, yeah. top, my, my printer? I think I used to know how to solve or, this. That would be fun. Orbies are the non-edible <laughs> <laughs> version oh, of here it is, here it is. boba balls or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. I don't recognize that. Is that a... Like a vintage type puzzle of some sort? It's vintage, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. From the 80s. Circa 83, I'm going to guess. How would? How do you even, what's the mechanics of that? Um, you. So there are, there are four tracks and you can yeah. rotate the ball to make the tracks not be concentric circles, but to be serpentine. He oh. said that much better than I could have. There you go. See, now it's, now it's a serpentine. That yeah. is neat. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of. So you're trying to line up the colors? Yeah. Well, the- see, right now, everything turns at the same time, Cat, because you have an in serpentine mode. <laughs> yeah. I need some WD 40 on this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh. There we go. WD 40. Damn, girl, get my keys. <laughs> I got to have to play I'll tell you what. When John makes a reference that when we don't have, we don't I have don't no know. clue what he's talking about, but that cat, it goes along with it. Uh, hmm. I don't have a sound he, for that. I, I don't know. He, he used a funny voice. You can make up one. But you know, January. there's something more to it. John <laughs> is just steeped in pop culture lore and memes, and you know, I'm a fountain is. of useless information. That's correct. He is. And remember, I got to keep John yeah. happy, so I'm just going to laugh right. at okay. all his jokes, okay. even if I don't get them. Right? <laughs> keep the right. slow monkey happy. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Cool. So here's the story here. So per Dread Central, TikTok has rediscovered this strange and shocking horror film from the 1980s. Now. Mm. Look, the, the way this piece from Dread Central reads is that, look, it's no surprise that folks on TikTok wouldn't necessarily be aware of a film from the 1980s. But I had no clue about this either. And apparently, you know, according to these folks and some other some videos I've watched about it, it may be the greatest horror movie never seen. Uh, but mm. um, this was brought to this uh, writer's attention by TikTok user Mandy Morg 87 uh, And Mandy Morg 87 was writing refer- referring to the 1988 Canadian Nightmare Pin. <gasps> John, are you aware oh, of Pin? <sighs> yeah, oh I haven't God. seen it, but I've seen the trailer. Okay. Is this the medical dummy yes, thing? Yes. Oh, my Lord. It's, oh, my goodness. Yeah, mm. yeah Pin. Oh, no idea about that. So also, creepy. Also titled Pin, A Plastic Nightmare. Uh, in the film, Dr. <sighs> Frank Linden, played by Terry O'Quinn, who was, uh, you know, a big star on uh, Lost. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy who winds up being the bad guy, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Spoiler alert. I don't remember how it works. He wasn't really, and then he was. I, I don't know. It's you a different can't spoil guy. Lost. I think the smoke monster makes itself look like him. So I don't know. Whatever. That's all thing. Anyway, I in this movie, Lost. the doctor uses an, an, an like John said, an anatomically correct dummy he named Pin to teach his children Leon and Ursula about the human body through ventriloquism. Now you know you're in trouble. Oh. If it's 1980s and the it's, movie has ventriloquism. It's nearly a puppet movie. Oh yes. my goodness, I'm so excited. Magic. The trailers for Magic come to mind. Those, I never yes. saw Magic, yeah. but those scared the shit out of me on TV. Oh, that's good too. Mm. Right? Mm. Anyway, through ventriloquism, the doctor uses pin to interact and connect with his children. Alrighty, dude, you shouldn't be doing that. That's messed up. <laughs> but Leon, the son, becomes obsessed with the dummy to the point he convinces himself that pin is real. Plus, 
this fake dummy is Penn's only real friend. Uh, sorry, he's Leon's only real friend. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Leon, this look, you thought it was weird already, right? Oh, no. According That's to this, Leon weird. also witnesses a nurse have a sexual interaction with the doll, which further confuses him and has a lasting impact on his psyche. I, I guess it said anatomically mm-hmm. correct. I mean, um, that wasn't in the trailer. So I don't know what that... Anyway, mm-hmm. so this guy, Leon, as he grows up, he, his obsession with this doll continues. And if you, the yep. video I watched that was talking about how fantastic this movie is, they show the doll. It's really a fantastic looking doll. It has transparent skin so you can see its organs. So it's really creepy. Whoa. But then this kid, as he gets older, he paints it like with a flesh tone. So uh-huh. it puts hair on it? it. Yeah, he puts yeah. a wig on it. Um, um. And dresses it in his dead father's clothes. Because at some, to some point, Terry, Terry Quinn is killed. O'Quinn is killed by... Mm-hmm. The doll's not alive, but in the movie, they make it seem like it's alive just by uh, nature of sort of a happenstance. So it's in the backseat mm-hmm. of the car. He didn't know it was there. So it starts bobbing around. It scares the crap out of him. He crashes the car, <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh my gosh. Mm. And it, just when you thought it couldn't get any creepier. Yeah. There's more. He is also like super creepily possessive of his sister. And oh. anytime she says, shows an interest in men, he gets super jealous. The okay. man, not the doll. Yeah, <laughs> the, the doll. <laughs> the doll. doll. I, I'd forgotten about this until I okay. saw it on our list, and then I went and said, "How can I watch this movie now?" Because I never saw it, <laughs> yeah. but I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh. "This is the kind of like magic. This is the kind of creepy, yeah. stupid, uh, like mind." Beep, you know, the kind of thing that you would absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I would love. So, and it was over 80, what, when did it come out? 83, uh, 4? 80, uh, 88. 88. Yeah. How'd I miss it? it was, <laughs> straight yeah. straight yeah. to the video, probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably. Yeah. And it says it's a Canadian film. I don't know that that necessarily means mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been distributed here, but you're right. I was at 17 years old, 18 years old. I was really big into horror films and going to the theater to see them. Mm-hmm. No matter I, what it was. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have seen this one. Um, Sandor Stern, you'd pass, yeah, directed the film, (laughs) but it wasn't Sandor Stern's first venture into horror. He also penned the screenplay for 1979's Amityville Horror and went on to direct the, another sequel to Amityville in 1989. Uh, the film itself is based on a novel by Andrew Niederman, who penned it as ghostwriter for V.C. Andrews after her death. Um, hmm. Hmm. It says, comments on the above TikTok make reference to the novel and how it's shockingly more upsetting than the film. So if you really want to get messed up, read the book. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, books are always better. Look, okay, better. I'll, I'll, I'll contribute two hours to it. I'm yeah. not going to contribute two weeks to it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's all you get. Yes, and actually with the book, you'd miss this, but guess, cause guess who does the voice of Pin? Jonathan Banks. Uh, really? Actor, yes. Who's been yes. with us for in our lives since as early as uh, well, sir, as early as Penn, but certainly throughout the 1980s, played a number of heavies mm-hmm. in different films, including Beverly Hills Cop, oh, and okay. uh, most recently had a starring role in both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul as Mike. Yep, Mike Traub. Yep. All right, All hey, right. let's spin the wheel. Let's see what we got yeah. here. All right, here we go. Let's go back to the Get wheel away here. Pin. Let's see. Please, mm-hmm. wheel. Give us something else here. Wheel. Don't give us the <laughs> same crap. No whammies, no whammies. Oh, God, this is is fine. Look, again, we're getting rid of these stories. I'm like, like, this is a story we cut. What a treat. This is just Why are we talking about this? But now I remember. So earlier this year, Mm -hmm. uh, 
Sony Pictures Home Entertainment released the Ghostbusters, the ultimate collection. Now there was a bit of a controversy involving that because I think at first it didn't have the 2016 version and yeah. people were up in arms about, well, what is that saying if it's the ultimate collection? Mm-hmm. And rightly so, you know, it's either Ghostbusters yeah. or it's not, right? So uh, they did- It says you don't like women. That's what it means. Exactly. <laughs> There's only one explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately yeah. they rectified that and they do had it. They did, uh, <clears throat> it's now part of the collection going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, so, uh, but it also included a number of new, uh, you know, bonus scenes, features, uh, commentaries, uh, behind the scenes looks, all these kinds of things in a deleted scene. So um, one of the things that was included on there was a deleted scene where uh, Lewis, and we're talking about Ghostbusters too, Lewis is, uh, meets with his cousin, Sherman Tully, who's played by Eugene Levy, Levy, mm-hmm. Eugene mm-hmm. Levy. Mm-hmm. Eugene Levy, 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 <laughs> Eugene Levy. Jeez, I always get this. Somebody's a, a wheel. Somebody's Spin a Shit's Creek fan. <laughs> Next story. I, I think you're right. It's Eugene no, Levy. I but, meant to pick the pronunciation. I, I always oh. called him Eugene Levy my entire life. And just a couple of weeks ago, I heard someone call him Levy who would know better. And I'm like, maybe I've been around oh, all this time. Yeah. Right. You know, I've heard it more often in, in, in connection with his son now because he's a big star, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I hear Levy all the time. Okay. I'm still waiting for someone yeah. to type in the comments and everyone else is dumbfounded too. So no one's saying anything. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, you're not the host They're all of the like, show. Who's so Eugene Levy? We have no idea. Now see, that sounded right. I it does, but I think Levy. it's wrong. That's right. what I always said. It, it yeah. must. Yeah. Th- that's what I would say, uh, but that doesn't mean it's Dang right. it. Therefore anyway, it's probably wrong. Anyway, Eugene, the senior of the hmm. Levies or Levies, uh, played this character, Lewis Tully's cousin. So there was a scene uh, that was deleted and it's on this now and it's, it's, it's been on the internet for a while. So you could actually just see it on YouTube or something if you want. But um, mm-hmm. what it didn't include though, to some fans disappointment was a, a uh, look at a long rumored uh, scene uh, that had Ray get possessed. Oh, now apparently you can see glimpses of this scene in a uh, 1980s commercial for Coca-Cola. Uh, that, uh, oh, yeah. For which uh, Run DMC did the music. So it's a montage for this Coca-Cola commercial. You've got Run DMC who did a song for the Ghostbusters. And in that, you see clips of Ray's possession. But that's it. That's the only look we've got. Except for, as this, uh, I think this is from Comic Book Resources, they point out that if you really wanted to look at mm-hmm. this scene, because it wasn't included in this DVD or this video compilation uh, earlier this year, you can look at 1989's now comics adaptation of the film, which starred the real Ghostbusters, if you remember oh, that cartoon. Oh, yeah, TV. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And John, you and I have talked about this before. I won't remember it because I do not retain stuff like you do. I read it and forget it and then do, do something else the next week. <laughs> okay. But we have the <laughs> no real pressure. Ghostbusters because Filmation had the Ghostbusters right. as a TV show, which was based on the Ghostbusters TV show from the, I don't know, the sixties. The live action TV show. With Larry Storch and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't remember who else was on that. Uh, Larry Storch and was it Chuck, uh, what's his name that was on the other show with the robot and the, um, huh? Chuck Wagner, maybe? I don't know. Anyway. Not sure. It's certainly Larry Storch and a gorilla, a guy in an ape suit. So they made this into a cartoon. Um, Anyway, so to differentiate, oh, because- when the film Ghostbusters, did we even talk about this? I'm going off the rails. <laughs> when Ghostbusters, the movie came out, in short, Dan Aykroyd wanted to call it Ghostbusters. And they said, uh, Sony said, hey, we don't have the rights to that name. Ghostbusters already is a TV show owned mm-hmm. by this company. So uh-huh. they cut a deal with that company 
that they could use the name for the film, but they could never use it for a cartoon. So Filmation makes the real uh, makes Ghostbusters, and we get the real Ghostbusters. Anyway, whatever. I always thought that was kind of a slap in the face, you know, like F you to the (laughs) Ghostbusters cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, speaking of this lost scene, though, is this the one that's in the comic book? Like, I might have seen some some frames from it. Okay. Like, isn't he, he's like in the Ecto-1 and he's possessed and they're driving manically through the city? Is that, okay. That's exactly right, yes. All right. Uh, So, yeah, in the comic, you see him, uh, uh, yeah, so as the Ghostbusters exit the Manhattan Museum of Art, Ray is now under the uh, spell of Vigo, the Carpathian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Ray, yes, he, he says he's going to cl- kill everyone. Uh, he wrecks the Ecto-1, like John explains. He was, you know, mm-hmm. he trashes, he winds up trashing the Ecto-1. Eventually, Winston, cool. the very uh, sexy uh, Winston, punches him in the face. <laughs> maybe it's just Ernie Hudson who's a sex as XBL. Maybe not Winston. <laughs> punches him in the face. Those are cat's words. Ray then comes to his senses, uh, questioning his actions, saying what happened, noting his love for the Ecto and his respect for fellow uh, motorists. Yeah, it's one of those things like we talked about recently, right? It probably should have been cut. So good. I have to tell you, most of the time I wasn't listening because I was looking up the proper pronunciation. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You were stuck on Eugene Levy-Levy? I was. was. Uh, Without interrupting the conversation with YouTube. This is an alert. You should just be like, guys, stop. (laughs) Next time. Uh, Levy. Oh, thank you, Marcus. Yeah, Levy. Heavy. Really? Mm -hmm. So we were right. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. We were, yeah. we're right now. We were wrong the entirety of the rest of our lives. My, <laughs> I was, I always said Levy. No, no, oh, John. No, that's what, that's what Marcus is saying. It's Levy. Le- Le- oh, it is Levy like yeah. heavy. Oh, so we were Levy right, like right. Heavy. Not Levy. Oh, I thought he said it's, it's, it's pronounced like heavy. But he was saying that was the word heavy. <laughs> like what's heavy? Like, you think a better word than heavy? <laughs> you read that in Oh, heavy. Eugene. Oh, Eugene. That's how I remember I'm so heavy. <laughs> That's how I feel about that, that how Kat feels about Ernie Hudson. Did we you feel see about the postscript scene? <laughs> We're gonna live this down. Um, <laughs> or post scene, whatever. So, that Kat, is. do you concur? That's what you're saying too, Marcus. What Marcus says is levy. what he found. Yes. Levy like heavy. Okay, cool. Yes, levy like heavy. Levy. Yep. All right, well, there like you go. Heavy. All right, all right, let's spin the wheel. All right. No, that one's over. Oh, damn it! Do you got any more Ghostbusters comments? Is that it? No, I don't. Um, I'm sure there's plenty more to come, but not at the moment. Oh, Tron series. You know, why? I'm oh. glad this is on here so we could talk about it for one second and then move on. <laughs> and the reason why that is is because, and the reason why this one got cut is because, and I want to read you uh. the line actually from the website here, is because the source on this one is giant freaking robot. You know the the uh, uh, let's say website equivalent of Doomcock. Paragon of integrity. Yeah, so they, they, this is one <laughs> of those, what did John say, like human centipede of, uh, you know, pop culture. <laughs> Giant freaking robot is either the head or ass, and Doomcock is the other, or they're both the same. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Eating. Yeah. Oh, see, Joe, oh, Joe says, uh, drove to the, hey, Joe, drove to the Chevy to the Eugene Levy, but the Levy was dry. Okay. There you go. Okay. Yep. Huh. All right, that'll help. I, I, well, think, I, that. I think that's was that a Chevy Chase drove Eugene Ooh. to the. Oh no, I'm confused. Oh, no, I should have had John. So is, it, because, is it Chevy or Chevy? No, I'm not well, sure. There, I, oh, I'm surprised yeah. John didn't say drove to the Chevy to the Eugene <laughs> Levy, but the Levy was dry. To the Levy. <laughs> There's no A in that though. It's clearly Chevy. Okay. <laughs> Kat, did yeah. you have a comment to make? 
And I was going to say, I, I think Joe was picking a roundabout way of confirming no, or pronunciation no. there. I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a bit heavy right we now. We know so American, American Pie. Pie. We know that, yeah, Joe. We don't. Crying out loud. <laughs> Um, so giant freaking robot says exclusive. This is from four months ago. Exclusive Tron series in development for Disney plus. This is the only part of the article I I copied so I can read this to you. According to our trusted and proven sources. Oh no. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Wait, wait. I want to finish this story. Can I finish it? Mm -hmm. End of line. (laughs) Ah, perfect. 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 So, by the way, there's no, no one else has picked up on this story and nothing's been reported in four months about it. That tells right. you everything you need to know about there. Proven sources. Garbage sources. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. Oh, the B-52s reflect. Oh. All right, so let's see what that's about here. Okay, so, yeah, I got that one here somewhere. Tin roof. There we go. I Rust. keep hoping you'll forget to switch yeah. that back so I can figure out which one to press to make it go back. <laughs> you press on the one that it is. Like, you know. Oh. You j- Cat, you just you just maintain your pronunciation research. Yeah, you, that's, that's right. Probably that's for the best. I'm gonna mispronounce stuff on purpose now, so you could look it up. <laughs> oh, good. So I can get All distracted. Right. All right. So the B fifty the B fifty twos. Yeah, said that they quote never set out to change people's lives, but it happens that way. Uh, oh. And I will add, like John might say, hashtag humble brag. <laughs> hashtag roar. <laughs> oh, it's definitely roar. When Louvre Shark. By the B-52s, John knows what I'm doing, uh, began playing on MTV. It was not like anything else in rotation. But uh, the mainstream caught on. Love Shack released in the summer of 1989. It became the group's biggest hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, folks might not know, but the uh. group came together after Schneider and Pearson moved from New Jersey, the center, the, where all Boise. great music is born, uh, mm-hmm. ultimately to Athens, Georgia, where the rest of the band grew up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Where all great music goes to die. <laughs> Except for them and I guess R.E.M. I don't know. Oh. Uh, if you're a fan, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm kind of a fan, partly a fan. You better be at least partly a fan. Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. Mrs. Will will not like that. If Mrs. Will. Yeah. Uh, Pearson says, according to Pearson, we never intended to start a band. Oh, I love stories like that. Whoops. You know, it's like, I, you know, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but I've always felt like I could, had a not now, but when I was younger, I had a sense of where my life was going to go. Mm-hmm. I know. It was wow. never good, by Did? the way. It was always going to be a <laughs> shit show. Like, I always thought something bad was right around the corner. But the reality is you don't know. And even though I believe in this me- this idea that what you put out, you get back. And, you know, like we talked to D. Wallace, this mm-hmm. idea of affirmations. I believe mm-hmm. in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But why I don't have it. So what were you putting out? <laughs> that. That's mm. what I was putting out. The expectation Ooh. that bad things would happen. <laughs> Uh, oh, Lucy no. says the Indigo Girls are also from Athens. All right, that's so there you go. Right. Add them to the list. That's why that's so ye so so shall ye reap. Anyway, but <laughs> you know it's 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 like do you feel like um I don't know. It's kind of neat when these sto- you have these stories where folks are, they had no expectation they'd be one of the biggest bands you know of that era. But anyway, they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, anyway, so this idea of not forming a band changed in the mid 1970s when Strickland snapped a guitar string. Quote, somebody, sometimes I would be sitting around playing the guitar and I would break a string and I w- wouldn't change it, you know, I would just retune it, end quote. Well, hey, the next day, Strickland's best friend, Ricky Wilson, began playing it, missing string and all. And he said, I've just, I've written the most stupid guitar riff you've ever heard. <laughs> end quote. That became the song Rock Lobster. Their first song. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> so yeah, in 1979, it, uh, that was their fir first single with uh, Ricky Wilson on guitar, Strickland on drum, Snyder as the lead singer, and Pearson, and Ricky's little sister, Cindy Wilson, harmonizing. Mm -hmm. And there you go. You had the B-52s, which of course were named because of their uh, bouffant hairdos that look like yeah. the nose cone mm -hmm. of the uh, yep. famed bomber. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, you got something, John? I just learned yeah. the lyric in Love Shack during the break. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, for <laughs> my, my entirety that? of my life, I, th I thought it was Henry Rastus. I'm like, it's clearly not that. <laughs> Who is Henry Rastus? <laughs> no idea. That was my question. <laughs> Who the hell's Henry Rastus to the B-52s? That's how I'm going to sing it from okay. now on. <laughs> it's so, not that. I now know. Did you Google Henry Rastus? Because you're like, I have to help these people find him. They're still looking. <laughs> I, I went to IMDb looking for Henry Rastus. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, you did? You did. <laughs> no. Yeah, couldn't he find did. him. I love that. And it said, see like, something is else? Is he in the video? Who is he's producer? No. Mm -hmm. No. Mm. Oh, they're not saying that. So, okay. Now knowing what it is, John, what is it? <laughs> it's Tin Roof Rusted. Yeah. yeah. Now, why do because they say that? It's a shack. It's a t it's, it's the love the, shack. Okay. It's illustrating yeah. how broke down the love shack is, but okay. it's still a place of joy, despite the fact it's ramshackle. So. Gotcha. Nice. Gotcha. And owned by Henry Rastus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Henry Rastus. Uh, um, this yeah. little side note, um, yeah. you know, Brown Eyed Girl, the song yeah, Brown Eyed Girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that's been the popular one with my husband and I for such a long time. And then one day- Within, I guess it was the past two years, yeah. he came in the kitchen singing it, uh -huh. and he said, "Hey, Rodrigo, <laughs> who's, who's Rodrigo? That's the hey, brown-eyed girl. The brown-eyed girl's named Rodrigo. Oh, it's the beginning part. Oh. Hey, where did we go? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I know. All yeah, this yeah, yeah. Time, As the rest all of the world time. knows it. Yes. Hey, Rodrigo. It's, oh my God, I love it's Henry Rastus's girlfriend. <laughs> yes. You know. We, yes. Kat and I did a, a misheard lyrics, uh, I don't know, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. April or so. Yeah. Or, we got to do that again. There's so many we There's didn't more. do, but that was a lot of fun. There was more. I love uh, that. Yeah. Marcus is asking, did you mind butcher a Madonna song too? Almost. It's too much to go into here. It was actually a parody okay. of a Madonna song oh. that I mind butchered with and lyrics. Not, That's a whole, and not Weird Al's parody story. though. It is Weird Al's parody. Okay. Yes. okay. Not just any. Yeah. Okay. I, mis I misunderstood Like a Surgeon hilariously. For oh, years. And we're yeah, not going to get to know. We're not going to. You have to save share. that for another time. That's a tease. All right. That's when we come back in February, something's coming. If still, we come right? back, it's up to you, listeners. Well, I'm Kat and I will be here. Yes. I don't know what's going to happen. All right. if I come we're right. we're going to set up Streamyard and just hang out and <laughs> I, I wait for Will to show up. I thought this was interesting that the uh, with regards to Rock Lobster, um, <laughs> John Lennon uh, <laughs> says that he found <laughs> great inspiration from this. So, saying in his yes, in what would be his final interview, Lennon told Rolling Stone. Rolling Stones' Jonathan Clot that Rock Lobster sound, quote, Rock Lobster sounds like Yoko's music. I said to, this says, I said to myself, I guess, yeah. I said to myself, <laughs> it's time to get hey. up the old ducks and wake the wife up. That's a good Lennon. You know I'm what, impressed. You know what's really good. interesting is, I never thought about that, but you know in that song, they do that kind of, that is yes. like Yoko's music. Mm-hmm. Good point. Wow. <laughs> I never, never Near, saw that. Nearly but. as good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they appeared on Saturday Night Live in 1980, and the band looks upon that as uh, what uh, made them that performance. And it turns out that Kurt Cobain and Dave Grohl individ each individually saw it, mm -hmm. uh, and it, and they each said that it blew their minds. Pearson said, wow. quote, we had no idea and never set out to change people's lives, but it happens that way. And cool. 
That's cool. Yeah. What lives to change there? Yeah, oh. right. That's right. Yeah. Lobster. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see what else we can knock off the mm -hmm. list here. <laughs> what do we got here? Mm. Burton oh. slams nipples. <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it does uh, sound like Burton hurt himself, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. darn, I was going to do So, you were going to do what? I was going to switch it. You were oh, too fast. <laughs> sorry. I just, mm. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll stop, I'll stop doing it. Per Variety, no. uh, Tim Burton slams the studio for approving Batman's nipple suits after he left the franchise. Uh, mm. So, Tim Burton, uh, this is, you know, after the, the new Batman, the Batman movie came out. This uh, mm -hmm. article mm -hmm. came out in Variety. Tim Burton finds it comical to see the Batman movie franchise embracing its darkest tones yet. <laughs> in Matt Reeves' Batman film. When that tone forced him out of the franchise following 1992's Batman Returns. Uh, speaking to Empire Magazine, Burton revealed he has yet to see the film, but he noted he wanted to see it. He said, quote, it's funny to see how this, to see this now because all these memories come back of, quote, it's too dark. So it makes mm. me laugh a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Burton's Batman Returns was met with some resistance by Warner Brothers because of its dark tone and the studio did not want to continue with Burton in a third film. Now we know that because ultimately he was le he left and was replaced by Joel Schumacher mm -hmm. who yeah. went on in the completely opposite direction. And mm -hmm. it's almost like they try to make live action contemporary versions of the 66 Batman, but also mm -hmm. Very campy. the point of the 66 Batman. Yeah. 66 wow. Batman yeah. was like successful in its, I don't know how it did it, what it did, where it was campy and yet younger mm -hmm. kids could take it seriously and it can still have like gravitas for, you know what I mean? For children. Yes. Like I had moral lessons coming out of that, but as an mm -hmm. adult, I see it now and it's, now you see it as over the top. I don't know, but mm -hmm. they just went for shtick in the Schumacher films. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My my favorite review ever of Batman and Robin yeah. was a friend of mine. And I said, how was it? Yeah. He's like, well, if you're homesick and your car's broke down and it's on TV for free and oh. it's raining outside and there's nowhere to go, read a book. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, wow, that's a review. Yeah. Oh, there's no circumstance under which there's we literally this movie. no right yeah. none none that right let's just want to see the bat nipples which yeah. maybe okay <laughs> yeah so uh, we, uh Burton goes on to say uh, back then they went the other way I guess with with Schumacher's take on the films mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that's the funny thing about it but then I was like wait a minute okay hold on a second here you complain about me I'm too weird I'm too dark and then you put nipples on the costume go fuck yourself <laughs> seriously so yeah I think that's why I didn't end up doing a third film uh, mm -hmm. end quote um hmm. your Burton impression not as strong as your linen <laughs> I don't even know what he sounds like <laughs> I, Not I, like I, that. I've certainly heard it. I could do it as as the Lennon, though. Okay, hold on a second. You complain about me? I'm too weird, too dark. And then you put nipples on the costume? Go fuck yourself. Um, That's good. As for adding the nipples to the costumes, it was the brainchild of Schumacher, who also put Sexy Sax Man in The Lost Boys. Oh, wow. Okay. I had an eye for stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> And it was all, and the franchise's lead sculptor, Jose Fernandez. Uh, speaking in Mel Magazine, uh, Fernandez said that the nipples worked far better in Batman Forever because they were less pronounced than the suit. But then he points out that uh, in the next film, Schumacher loved the nipples so much in, in Forever that he requested to showcase them even more in Batman and Robo. In Robin. Not Robo. Wait, 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 wait. Showcase yeah. them? Yes. What was that? Like with accent lighting or? Yeah, well, this is what he did. Even he though Fernandez so didn't want to go in that direction, he said, but quote, he's the boss. So we sharpened them, circled them, and it all became kind of ridiculous. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then we had George Clooney wear a wet t-shirt over the bets. So yes. It was very tasteful. With sharpened <laughs> nipples. It's <laughs> oh. like another bat weapon. <laughs> My bat nipples. Yeah. We have mm. a couple of comments here. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Marcus mm. requests that the first show back from the break, yep. so obviously mm. we need to come back, yep. is Will in full Lennon. <laughs> full Lennon. Full thing. All the way through. You know, Ka- oh, yeah, go ahead. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, Kathy's son loves the yeah. nipple costumes. Even the 12 inch dolls have them. Is that right? Huh? Oh, wow. Well, I guess they would yeah. if they're mm. going to look like it. Well, yeah. Probably not sharpened because they were for kids. They yeah. were, they were <laughs> blunted nipples, somewhat. <laughs> well, in a prototype, the nipples are much sharper. But then some other kid was hurt by a different doll that had sharp nipples. Mm. And then the, mm-hmm. the company had to retell, re, uh, <laughs> rethink the whole thing. That's right. It just, it just pro- takes one kid getting slashed by a tickle me Elmo yes. with sharp nipples. <laughs> <laughs> That's you run it for everybody. The prototypes are worth a fortune, though. <laughs> Joe says he didn't realize there'd be so much nipple talk. Tickle me. Now, Joe, I have tickle no me. idea either, Joe. Joe, does that mean that you're glad you're listening, or you did you find what you were looking for, or maybe you didn't? You're pleasantly surprised. I'm hoping, Joe. Right? He's still it's like, here. It's like, I had no idea there'd be so much nipple talk. This is spectacular. Exactly. Yeah, that's what he could be saying, right? I don't know. All right, let's there, well, there, were, there were nipples in the 80s and often featured prominently. So I think it, it's applicable in this show. That's true. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. There was the era for gratuitous nipples. I've oh. seen trading places <laughs> oh my in slow motion. But on pause. Uh, Joe just says, but I like it. There you go. Great. He likes it. You're where yep. you belong. Awesome. All right, let's see what we else like we you, can Joe. talk about here. Um... Huh. All I want is the truth. Okay. Okay. Will, Will, Will. I'm I'm doing it. Will, you can't handle the truth. Okay. I thought I'm not doing it. I thought you were telling me not to do something because I'm not doing it. No, no, no. I was just telling you you couldn't handle the truth. The cat is still... It's not doing not the thing. Doing it. It's it's telling me to press shift plus six. No, no. Just that was cat. Take your cursor. So, so worth it. Don't you just click on us with the mouse down below? No, I've never done it before. You don't <laughs> just hover over our pictures with the mouse. Well, no. Uh, hmm. Kyle said Johnny Switchblade right, would battle oh, this no. bat's well. <laughs> Johnny Switchblade. I know. I know what that is, Kyle. What is Johnny Switchblade? Huh. And how do you oh, pronounce to the it? internet? Yeah. <laughs> is that one of those, Doug? No, no it's not. <laughs> oh, it could be. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is, Kyle? Is it like Doug it's reach like, around? It's like Johnny Flyswatter. It's Johnny Switchblade. Flyswatter. Of course. That's what, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. All right. No, I think it's a toy. Oh, SNL. Oh, yeah. It was, I knew it was a toy. It was a toy parody, right? From oh, a, yeah. okay. uh, All right. So per variety, uh, the outsider, Johnny Switchblade. <laughs> they were all Johnny Switchblade, right? That was the family. <laughs> right. Now, look, this is a 1994 song, but Mariah Carey is an 80s kid. So we're talking about this also because it's just a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. And it just came out. So per variety, Mariah's Carey, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas story is BS according to her mm. co-writer. So by the way, again, does it surprise anyone? This song is in the top hundred again, like this year, this Christmas uh, season, every mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad song. Um, no, it's a good song. But over the years, Mariah Carey's recounted a heartwarming tale of how her smash hit came to be. And here it is. She was sitting mm-hmm. around the tree as a child, listening to It's a Wonderful Life, when she felt inspired to tap out a few notes on a Casio keyboard. <laughs> the result was one of the most famous Christmas tunes of all time. But- Walter Afanasif, Afanasif. Mm. Let's just say Walter Levy. Did something we can know we're <laughs> okay. all on the same page. Heavy. 
Heavey. Walter, Walter Heavey. Heavey. Walter Afonasif, I'd say Afonasif, okay. Uh, a Grammy-winning songwriter who collaborated on many Carrie's biggest hits called that story a tall tale on a Thursday mm -hmm. on an episode of a podcast, a Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Afonasif said he and Carrie created the song together in the 90s and that Carrie acknowledged that about until about 15 years ago when her story started to change. Quote, she doesn't play anything. She doesn't play keyboard or piano. She doesn't understand music. She doesn't know chord changes and music <laughs> theory or anything like that. <laughs> so to claim that she wrote a very complicated chord structured song with her finger on a Casio keyboard when she was a little girl is kind of a tall tale. End quote. <laughs> uh, there you go. I found a and I love It's yeah. a Wonderful Life. I don't know what sort of song that would inspire and how it would get from there. Right. right. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's I don't know. Hey, old beautiful building alone. You know, I mean, right. that's that's a song right there. Right. No, it's like she it's heard not. that that was a traditional movie to watch at Christmas. And yes. Right. Every, yes. And Casio was a brand of keyboard. Yeah. Yes. It was. It was that one or the Santa on Thirty Fourth Avenue or whatever that was called. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Mariah. Uh, so, honestly, so she made it up. She, yeah, she tried to just steal credit from the co-writer. That's, that's yeah, or yeah, I don't know. Maybe she is she not famous herself? enough, or hasn't made enough money off of it without taking full credit. I guess mm. it's more heartwarming if it wasn't just the result of two folks in the music business sitting down trying to figure out how to make a hit and make a lot of money. I, I don't know. I guess. Mm. Well, Fantasy has groused for a while now about Carrie's apparent snub, telling Variety in 2019 that he hadn't spoken to her in more than 20 years. Wow. Oh, that's why your story mm. changed. Yeah, mm. love, Screw that guy. It, 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 yeah. it is. Look, I, I didn't study music theory for very much long at all. So I can't ever articulate exactly what's happening. But just like a lot of Christmas songs, that is in one key. And then you mm -hmm. throw in a chord change that is not in the same key. And I think it's mm. a sixth. It's called a something sixth. Mm -hmm. We need Cousin Mike on the show. Where is uh, come <laughs> on. Maestro Mike? Oh, whatever. Michael right. Bratt. Mike Bratt, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. No surprise, she lied. Well known to be unpleasant. Is that right, Marcus? Unpleasant. I didn't know that. Whoa. Mm. Oh. Uh -huh. well, Marcus also writes, he broke a record yeah. in the last few days. Spotify, most streams in a day. 21 million? Man. Holy crap. All right, let's see I what else we all those Christmas parties. talk about today. Here. And not one of them was for me, guaranteed. Oh. <laughs> Blade Runner nice. series. Oh. Okay. Look, we've, mm -hmm. we've had the opportunity to talk here and there about Blade Runner before. I don't remember if you guys are fans mm -hmm. of the film. I know Kat said she was going to watch it. I did. I, I saw Blade Runner during the shutdown. Okay. A couple of years ago. Wow. Yeah. And I only just saw it a few years ago. In fact, we did a video years back because I was a Blade Runner virgin. And mm -hmm. Mo is like the biggest fan ever. Wow. Oh. And he could not believe. Oh. He was incredulous. <laughs> uh -huh. So I also saw it just in the last mm -hmm. yeah, four years or so, five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So- and I'm hoping you guys saw the final cut. Imagine mm -hmm. oh, director's cut, whatever that? it's called. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was a director's cut to call it the final cut. Yeah. Came I'm out in 2007. Okay. Yeah. You say um, so. so yeah. So it turns out, and then, it, and, and then, you know, and later in 20, uh, was it 2017, we had a sequel Blade Runner 2049, which was set, you know, mm -hmm. some many years in the future. And actually it's a pretty good sequel, I think to the original film. Yeah. I haven't seen that. It's a similar tone. It's got yeah. connections to the original. It's that, in that way that sort of John talks about. It's like connected to it, but it advances the story. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it for you because if, if you're if you're yeah. if you love the first movie and you remember enough about sort of 
some of the questions it raised, it's a pretty neat mm-hmm. sequel. I was most impressed by the fact that although it was decades later, it yeah. still felt like the same universe. It didn't feel like a super updated chromium mm. kind of, you know, ah. like a Star Wars prequel problem. You know, it okay. felt like yeah, the yeah. same world. So right. it was great. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good point. I would watch it. I wouldn't say I yeah. was in love with Blade Runner, yeah. but, mm-hmm. but I don't know, it's definitely thought provoking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's what it is, right? It's like a neo noir, I suppose, yeah. for certainly mm-hmm. neo at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second film, the, the sequel is very much that vibe. So yeah, if you like mm-hmm. the noir, you do. If you don't, you got to kind of be in a mood for it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but Amazon, it turns out, has formally ordered a Blade Runner sequel series. Oh, wow. Uh, the live action limited series titled Blade Runner 2099 was Ooh. first announced as being in development back in February when Ridley Scott first revealed the show was in the works in November of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over a year ago. Uh, everything is under wraps right now, but of course the title indicates that it's set some 50 years after that sequel that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Blade Runner, as we were talking about, was directed by uh, Ridley Scott. It's considered one of the greatest and most influential science fiction movies of all time. And if mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's based on, uh, it's loosely based on a story by uh, uh, Philip Dick. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, that film was released in 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh Harrison Ford, you got your Rutger Hauer, you've got your Sean mm-hmm. Young, Edward James mm-hmm. Olmos is in it, playing an yep. Asian guy, that, that really wouldn't fly today. Uh, um, what else? It may or may not be a dream, some of it, mm-hmm. or he may mm-hmm. be an android mm-hmm. or may not be an android. Mm-hmm. And who's the, uh, I'm drawing a blank, who's the actress? Was one of the other- uh, Oh, Daryl Hannah's in it. Uh, Daryl Hannah, thank Darryl you. Hannah. Yeah, I was drawing a blank, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. was it William Sanderson is in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Attorney turned actor. Was, uh, Daryl Hannah, she did not have hair over the crack of her butt like she did in Splash on Disney+. Huh. Right. She didn't, but do we see her butt at <laughs> no. all? No. Oh, she does some <sighs> gymnastics and I'm not a, not a bear butt. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just mentioning that she's Cat, if we If we know where you <laughs> can find think... Jamie Lee Curtis's nipples, we know if Daryl Hannah's butt was seen in Blade Runner. These are the mm-hmm. contemporary films, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, we, we, we we're, were just, just talking about nipples. We might yeah. as well yeah. go. We're just trying to get some more nipple talk in here for you, Joe. Yeah. That's all. No, we know you like it. Speaking <laughs> of nipples, I think we see another woman that's in it. Uh, jo- Joanna. Hmm, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Joanna. <laughs> Joanna. Oh. Huh. Marcus is weight wedding. <laughs> Come on. Somebody help me out here. He just woke back What's up. he talking about, Marcus? <laughs> Let me type I don't think I did the actress. I don't remember. Joanna Cassidy. Joanna Cassidy. There you go. Yeah. Did you do Blade Runner Joanna and it came I right did. out? did, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Good job. Uh, but anyway, you can see her naked boobs in that too if you want. All right, but anyway, you know, and actually pretty cool in that director's cut is one of the scenes, 1980s Nipples Now, Joe has renamed the show. Yeah, that's a good one. Nipples Now. I like the alliteration of that. Joe wasn't even here for the start when I was uh, talking I, about Cass, I have <laughs> I have tossed out so many jokes tying it back to the sweater thing. I thought, no, that's not appropriate. But I did. Starring yeah, new okay. co-host, Henry Rastis. Yes, that's right. Joe wasn't here for the beginning when you were, yeah. But you know, in the, in the 2017 version, uh, Joanna Cassidy, it was funny because in 1982 when the film came out, there was clearly a stunt double that does her death scene. So when she gets shot, she winds up running through these panes of these glass windows, oh, yeah. these stores. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid thinking it was hilarious because suddenly, much like in the, what was it, the ending of uh, Flashdance when, you know, you've got mm. uh, uh, Crazy Legs is one of the dancing doubles. And so, so suddenly- yes. uh, there's a man in a dressed in leotard. Anyway, in this, in this scene, <laughs> Joanna Cassidy, very beautiful woman running. And then suddenly a very stocky man or maybe stocky stunt woman <laughs> crashing. And then it finally falls down and it's, you know, this gorgeous act, actor, actress again. 
they mm-hmm. went back for 2017 and they had her film it again and they took oh, her yeah? face off and stuck it on the stunt double. So now it looks like it's really her going through the glass and everything is perfect. Oh, really wow. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a good edit. Anyway. <laughs> we have another request. Yeah. From Marcus. Okay. First show back from the break. Yeah. New name for the show. Okay. I think he wants uh, the, the name. Joe. Joe's suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Into yeah. his nipples. No. There you go, Marcus. Everything. Hey. It's all done now. Welcome back. All right. Oh, John. Up? I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with future Robert. <laughs> oh, what I'm about sorry. his other voice? He's doing that. No, Yay, there he is. Let's see what we got here. H- Hager. 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 <laughs> Hager. I'm going to stick with it. Hager. Either, it's someone's pronounced heavy. Someone can look it up. Hager. Yeah, Hager. Hager Easter egg. There you go. Uh, Sammy Hager. Uh, spots. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you meant Hager the Horrible. Hager. No, that's Sammy Hager. That's See, I knew Hager. it was going to work out in the end. Sammy Hager spots a fun Easter egg in Top Gun Maverick. And I say, duh, Sammy. I mean, okay. really? This is an Easter egg. <laughs> Haven't we known about this for 40 years now? Or whatever. It's fine. Uh, so Top Gun Maverick is, you know, it's, it's, filled, filled, it's filled with tons of homages to the earlier films. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Mm-hmm. It had a very, as mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, a very 80s vibe, which in itself was a throwback, you know. Um, but the Red Rocker shirt, a clip from the blockbuster sequel to Twitter, uh, pointing out that there's an I Can't Drive 55 sticker on Maverick's motorcycle. Uh, Hager wrote, quote, my album Danger Zone came out six years before Kenny Loggins' theme song for the first Top Gun, but look what made it into the sequel Top Gun Maverick. Good to see everything about Maverick's motorcycle say the same over the last 36 years, end quote. All right, why was I, why was I crapping on Sammy Hager? I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think like- that's an Easter egg. I mean, yeah, it's I guess a that's thing. It yeah. It's interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's not like you'll never get this reference to this famous song on this yeah. sticker that's clearly labeled. Yeah, yeah, I, guess I get why he would is. enjoy that. Right, right, yeah, right. Just, yeah, it's not an Easter egg. It's, oh, it's, yeah, although, it's like, you know, John. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? <laughs> I, watched, I was watching this video. So it turns out this sticker was on the bike in the 86 film. Although I looked through some clips of the film to see if you could see it clearly. I couldn't okay. find where you could. I wasn't watching it on TV. I was watching it on YouTube or something. So it was pretty small. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a clear shot when he's driving to Kelly LeBrock's house uh, on his bike. And yeah, you can't really make, you can't, there's not an angle where you can make it out. So maybe there's a different scene. But anyway, I found this video from, I think, January of 2020, where a guy was uh, rebuilding the Kawasaki GPZ900R. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was the first bike, by the way, by the Kawasaki had promoted as a ninja. Do you remember in the eighties? Yes, they had ninja mm-hmm. motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Yep. This yep. was the first ninja because everything oh. ninja was hot, yeah. right? I mean, oh, it was yeah. cooler. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this guy had one, and he was remaking it to look just like the Maverick uh, Maverick's bike. Uh-huh. And he, he had all the stickers. He said, look, I didn't have to research the movie. I just had a Google, what stickers do I need? And someone had a thing. I just bought the kit. And he's wow. talking about all the stickers. And he said, look, he even has this one with 55 crossed out because at the time the speed limit was 55. Yeah, yeah. And he left it mm-hmm. at that. And I thought, well, this doofus doesn't know what it is. So maybe in that <laughs> sense, it is an Easter egg. I, I don't know. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if there had been a Hagger the Horrible sticker, yeah, on the, now, that, that would be, yeah. that'd be an Easter egg. Yes. Uh-huh. Hagger the Horrible. Now, it turns out this ninja bike that uh, was affectionately called the GPZ in 1985 was a pretty okay. breakthrough for the time. It was a sub, I don't know what any of this means, a sub-liter sports bike. Um, 
it could go, it was the first bike to be able to break 150 miles per hour. So it seems like it would have been the right choice for a Top Gun pilot at the time. Sure. For someone with a need for speed. Yes. (laughs) She did it. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Can't follow that. If you haven't seen the film as of December 22nd, it's available for streaming on Paramount Plus now, uh, certainly in the U.S. And I think it's, they've opened it up since to other places in the world. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey guys, we've been talking for, I don't know, almost an hour. Should we just say goodbye or I mean, we can't get through all these stories. We'll be here for two hours. <laughs> Let's do one more. You want me to tell one you what more. I have yeah. left or should we leave it to the wheel? There's just something you want to hear. Let's leave it to the wheel. It's leave the wheel. We started with the wheel. wheel. We die by the wheel. All hail the wheel. <laughs> all right. Mighty wheel. Tell us what's the next thing we're going to talk. We're going to call here. you wheel from now on. Hey wheel. <laughs> My name is wheel. Elfman is humble. Elfman is humble. We knew that already. I guess I'm thinking about Elfman because we talked about Burton because I can't think of one without the other. So I felt like we talked Mm -hmm. about Elfman already, but. Mm -hmm. Um, So Danny Elfman didn't think that Trent Reznor or anyone would work with him. So uh, what seems like a reunion of two long lost brothers. And of course we're talking about Danny Elfman because he is a composer. You know, John mentioned him, I think is one of the, when we talked about John Williams, like aside from John Williams, who do you think about Mm -hmm. as composing the films in the eighties that most are most iconic to you? And, Mm -hmm. Danny Elfman is definitely one of them. Um, but it seems, it seems like a reunion of two long lost brothers. Iconic composer Danny Elfman recently spoke about his collaboration with Nine Inch Nails' Trent Reznor. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're not aware, they worked together for uh, Elfman's remix album of his 2021 LP, Big Mess, the appropriately named Bigger Messier, <laughs> uh, which along with Reznor features nice. Iggy Pop, Zach Hill, Boris, Square Pusher, Health, and more. Some of those just sound like nouns, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Reznor appears on four mixes on this bigger, messier. And Alfman recently told Consequent just how over the moon he was to have such a star-studded list of collaborators to work with. "Quote: I love the idea of it, but I thought no one would want to work with me. No one knows who the fuck I am. The next thing I know, I'm on the phone with Square <laughs> Pusher, and I'm on the phone with Zach Hill from Death Grips, and then suddenly it's Trent Reznor and Niggy Pop. Like, what the fuck? I'm constantly surprised that anybody's ever into anything I do." I just consider wow. myself lucky because I'm not happy doing one type of music, end quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's wild. That's, uh, yeah. I, it's like, do you know who you are? Yeah. So You're you, Danny Elfman, dude. You know what this had I me thinking? I love that, though. I love the modesty. Like, nobody knows who mm-hmm. I am. So, mm-hmm. saying there's a chance. You're yeah. humble. That's just, just you're humble. That's just all Just because I'm humble. You think no one Trent knows Reznor, yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right is that it was that it or is that too fast for you let me see if there's anything else Richard. let me see if there's anything worth spinning the wheel over probably let's ask the eyeballs is, oh, is there anything else left over anything else nipple going? related there you go is Who's anybody there? else out there on the comments that could say whether we should continue Kimberly, with another story Marcus Joe where's Kathy really don't know all right, no one's Lucy's responding, so no they're, one's they're probably leaving it in the background so we have eyeballs and it's a nice uh, Kyle, lift of our Kyle, spirits. Michelle. Do more, Marcus oh, says. Marcus says do more. Marcus All right, says Marcus. do more. He's the boss, so there we go. No, right, no, Marcus do says do more. Oh, do more. Oh, do more. Do more. Do more. Marcus right. is Italian. Do more. Right, we're gonna, I don't know Italian, but I'm going to figure that that translates to uh, whatever this is. Oats' oh. stash returns. <laughs> do Jason mo, says, Jason do mo, says. Do mo. All right. So look, uh, if you were, if you grew up listening to Hall and Oates like we did, and certainly oh, yeah. throughout the 1980s, 
Many of their images, including on their album covers and in music videos, features you know two things. One, Daryl Hall has a mullet, essentially, <laughs> right? I mean, or maybe just mm-hmm. just long hair. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. And, and John hair. Oates has got a, a mustache. He got oh, a yeah. sizable, mm-hmm. like a porn stash, almost a porn like a hair. nice, a nice <laughs> thick, yes. yeah, right. like a yep. like a giant caterpillar on his upper lip. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Definitely trademarky for him. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Trying to think, how I can edit John saying porn. I got porn. I got him saying something about like a giant caterpillar. Mm-hmm. You got nipples. Many times I nipples, said nipples, sharpened nipples. George Clooney. I got you, in there. Should I conjugate it? Oh. Will have oh. been nippling. Have been oh, nippled. There, now you have the word conjugate. <laughs> when, I, when I dump this oh, into the AI, it's, it's serpentine early on. You can work that in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little soundboard. You should have a great time. Per okay. the Rolling Stone, John Oates and his mustache are back and bushier than ever. So wait a second. Wait, bo- wait both yes, exactly. and he are bushier than ever. I didn't need to know that <laughs> That's part. That's exactly what I was thinking. This is the te- wow. Yes. Manscaped, brother. The seventies are past. So with a with a new batch of songs. Now batch. With a new batch wait, of yeah. I don't get that one. I, I was thinking it was a new batch of hair. Maybe I don't know. With a oh, new okay. batch of songs, a seventy-four year old Hall of Famer and Hall and Oates co-founder explains why he's growing back one of the pop culture's most cherished artifacts. Artifact. Artifact. I love how a mustache is an artifact. Yes, yeah, like Smithsonian. Your first mustache is the Smithsonian, uh, and it's like, get me out of here! You send the pictures. It's, it's can, sentient. We've made a wrong turn can, from can, nipples. Can somebody come shave oats, please. Yes. <laughs> Leave the stash, but everything else needs to go. What I didn't realize is how long the stash has has been gone. Because in my mind, yeah, there, you know, yeah. one. Uh, on no. December 21st, 1990, John Ho- Oates, John Oates finished a set at Japan's Tokyo Dome and looked in the mirror and he couldn't stand what he saw. For years, the Hall & Oates co-founder's mustache had become a cultural icon in its own right. The bushy, raven-colored gem, this is all Rolling Stone's uh, poetry here, uh, that <laughs> optically landed somewhere between adult film star who butchers all his lines and <laughs> 1980s drunk drug kingpin who smirks while ordering your death. <laughs> Now it was a symbol of what Oates considered years of bad decisions. He shaved it that <laughs> night and moved on with his life. Wow. Oh, man. I didn't realize that, that Oates was still relevant, nor have I seen him in decades. So yeah. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, this is the first I'm hearing of removal of the stash, and I'm right. not too yeah. torn up about it because now it's back. So. <laughs> You're not torn up about yeah, it. <laughs> Marcus says it's a little yeah. unsettling seeing him without it. I agree. Yes, it is weird. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally He's not, weird. That's mm-hmm. not my Oates yeah, it's um, like seeing me without a hat. It's weird. Do mm, it. Do yeah. it. <laughs> let's Maybe get, in February. Let's all take off one item of clothing. <laughs> um, okay. Attempts, I did it. Attempts. <laughs> yep, I got, I got mine off. <laughs> I need proof, John. I need proof of life. <laughs> we broke Will. Excellent. <laughs> I need to see the proof. Show success. And I don't mean stand up, John. You can just hang the article of clothing. For us, Marcus is voting. He's voting. Um, (laughs) Hey, listen, you're in charge of if we do more news, but. (laughs) Attempts to resurrect the brilliant bristles have veered from celebratory induction into the Mustache Hall of Fame, alongside Salvador Dali, Tom Selleck, and Theodore Roosevelt, to cringeworthy. A 2010 animated show called J-Stash that featured Oates fighting crime alongside (laughs) alongside a profane version of his mustache voiced by comedian David Tell. Wow. wow. Only a trailer was ever made for that, though. Oh, oh man. <laughs> but now the stash is back. Mm. 
uh, and the human as well. The singer guitarist returns today with, with pushing a rock, the first of six new songs scheduled for release monthly in a new deal with the distribution company, the orchid. So this is a story from November of this year. As part of the push, Oates has become an ambassador for Movember to raise awareness of mental oh. health, cancer, and other causes. He did this the sure. best way he knew how he threw away his razor. So oh, nice. It's like well, burning your bra, but for dudes. In the re the reality <laughs> is though, because <laughs> right. uh, I did I looked uh, so I wasn't been following him. He went from stash in 1990 to no stash, mm -hmm. and then in recent years he's had a goatee. So mm. in in October of this year he had a goatee. So really, what he mm -hmm. did was shave the rest of his goatee. So he didn't grow mm -hmm. the mustache. Right. He lost right. a goatee or whatever the lot whatever the bottom portion mm -hmm. of the goatee is <laughs> right. called. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But because it was a goatee, he had that full coverage and yes. he just had to trim around. And so he had to like the big, the big mm -hmm. deep oat stash. So. Oat stash. And I don't know if- goat. It's very oaty. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the, I don't tea. know if- <laughs> Uh, I don't know if he's dying it or not, but this bottom part is very, and I know my mustache is darker than the rest, but his bottom mm -hmm. part of his beard mm -hmm. is white, like solid yeah, white, yeah. and this uh, is still darker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when he, as soon as he shaved that white off, boom. Now, <laughs> in, in the end of this story is, as of after November, he's grown back the rest of the goatee now. So he's back to looking like he's looked, you know, last few years as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 just for men, fixes yeah. it. It's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it right in. All right, that's plenty of stuff, right? <laughs> We're down to three, I don't know. three stories left. I mean, I I'm getting heavy. We've been talking for an hour. All right, we could do three stories quickly. Let's just do them all. Should yeah, we do them all? Let's do it. Let's do you guys it. Gotta, let's you guys take 2022 20, out. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's <laughs> see. Let's spin the wheel again. Get it off of Oates' stash. Boop, 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 boop. stash. We'll do all the stories. Ah. Joel and Joe pour some, sugar. pour some sugar. I'm really sure. Make sure you're palate around that, your teeth. So uh, on, on July 9th, uh, a scheduling coincidence allowed for the piano man to pour some sugar on, at Detroit's Comerica Park. Now they should have written to say, pour some sugar on Joe Elliott. They didn't even have my attention. Uh, Billy Joel's concert at the baseball stadium came the night before Def Leppard and Motley Cruz the stadium tour. Mm -hmm. um, so halfway through Joe's performance, he introduced the night's special guest, Def Leppard frontman Joe Elliott, who romped through a faithful rendition of his, his band's 1987 hit, pour some sugar on me with Joel and his eight member band before the more than 38,000 uh, fans at the park. That's cool. So uh, I got a little bit of it here to play for you here. Oh yeah. Now, it go, it go, yeah, and it goes on like that. I was a little disappointed. Billy Joel's not singing at some point, you know, they're not, it's not really mixing it up. It sounds like okay. it could uh, very well have been Def Leppard for me, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, right. what's yeah. the point of having Billy Joel collaborate with you on this if you're, yeah, it's going to still yeah. be the, yeah. <laughs> it, it just sounds like, it, it sounds like a live version of Pour Some Sugar on Me, really. It doesn't yeah. sound like anything, in anything uh, Billy Joely in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Give me some piano third? man in the middle. Tinkle, tinkle, yeah. tinkle while you're pouring sugar. Uh, something. <laughs> It was the third time the duo have teamed up uh, to perform the song following a 2018 appearance at Boston's Fenway Park and a 2019 visit to Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a no-must-no-fuss performance with Elliot wearing a black-and-white leopard-skin jacket, greeting the crowd with a simple evening before cranking into the song. He was animated throughout, coming to the very front of the mm -hmm. stage and at one point exchanging smiles <laughs> with Joel throughout. Aww. Aww. 
That's so sweet. BFFs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, are, we doing, are we down to two? What do we have? Yeah, we're down to two. Yeah. So, I mean, look, they're both getting done, but let's I guess let's flip see a coin. Done what do we first got? Here, right? Reeve quit mm. Supergirl. There you go. Mm. I can't quit you. So I actually didn't know this story. And it's one of these things that it's a, it's old news in a sense, because uh, apparently this was something known. I think, I think in this, this is from Screen Rant. Mm. Um, I think they point out, well, maybe not. Uh, I thought they referred to the documentary that they had, this had brought, brought, brought this to their attention. But it, anyway, it predates 2022. So in that sense, it's old news. But it's new to me because I wasn't okay. aware of this. But um, so apparently... Christopher Reeve passed on a planned Superman cameo in 1984's spinoff Supergirl. Uh, look, I don't have to hmm. tell you folks, in 1978, we saw this, the, the big screen debut of Superman and we believed a man mm -hmm. could fly. I did believe a man could fly. I believed it was real. Mm -hmm. um, but I also believe like Batman was real and those folks were real. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, it inspired me to take my sister's uh, blue leotard from a recital she had done playing a parakeet and start <laughs> wearing it under my clothes. <laughs> I love that. I also attached to the front of it uh, a, a yellow lightning bolt and called myself Blue Lightning, which is probably a name Ooh. I cribbed off of some other superheroes. Blue Lightning. I wanted to be ready at any at a moment's notice. Now my mom took me school shopping for shoes this uh, that fall when I was wearing a. Uh, the costume underneath ready to fight crime at the local uh, mall. And <laughs> to her, her shock and surprise when the uh, shoe salesman removed my shoe as one does to help me try a new shoe, she saw that glowing blue color that clearly was not a sock she had ever purchased for me. Mm -hmm. And I'd only mm -hmm. seen once before and looked at me with such awe and dismay. <gasps> dismay? Yeah. Oh no. Anyway. And she said, I, Will, I love you no matter what. No, she didn't say that. No, okay. She didn't have to say right. anything. Oh. You knew she loved you no matter what. No, what I knew was is, I, oh. I can't wear this anymore because I'm going to be in trouble. But oh. even more so, my secret identity was out. And so I had to do something <gasps> yeah. to throw her off the Man. scent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really what happened there. Joe says, yeah. check under Will's clothes right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, Joe? I had it on but earlier when we stripped off a piece of clothing. <laughs> did, did the blue lightning have a cape? No, mm. no capes. No, no because no I just, well, just, just, just to yeah. kind of, uh, sort of some camaraderie, I will tell you that I happen to know that yeah. when you're, when you're secretly wearing some sort of super suit under your clothing, it's yes. tough to find some place to put the cape because mm -hmm. okay. yeah. it bunches up in your shirt or you okay. tuck it in your pants and then it, mm. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. because yeah. you have a bustle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause mm -hmm. Because I, I had a Greatest American Hero outfit that I would yeah. wear under my clothes every once in a while. So I'm with you. I'm with you. I didn't steal anybody's tights for it, though. No. It was just a- No, no, no. No, but yeah. it, it did have a cape. Yeah. Wow. I had, I had Wonder Woman underoos. <laughs> did, did you, you wear- No cape you, there either. No cape. Really I was going to say, did you wear them under your clothes? That's why they were oh. made. Yeah. All they're the called, time. They're yeah. called underoos, Will. <laughs> well, did you well, wear underwear under your clothes? How weird. But I also used to just wear those. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Around the oh, house. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I had the Spider-Man yeah. ones myself. Uh, mm -hmm. For some reason, I thought- Marcus has were, a new request. I haven't heard what it is yet, though. Is it? Oh, is it? <laughs> it's um, John Returns with an oat stash. Well, oh, we saw oh, that wait, one. There's something new. Yeah, yeah oh, something coming. It's incoming. New request. It's, it's, it's oh, currently oh, oh, being something drafted. Coming, something coming. <laughs> okay. No, no, Joe. Blue Lightning did not have nipples. I, Joe, Joe, John, did your uh, Grace American hair have nipples on his costume? Well, I had not on his costume. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, anatomically, yes, just not on the yeah. costume. I don't know yeah. if my nipples had come in yet, though. I was still pretty young. 
The nipples, <laughs> are they there, are they there when we start? Well, you know, much like Joel Schumacher's films, they became more pronounced as they went on. As time goes on. As time yes. goes on. Uh, uh, Will really grew into his nipples later in life. You got the new, yeah, they were sharpened and circled. Oh, Marcus says, uh, greatest American hero, the Johnny version. All right, there you go. Oh, there you go. Okay. So all these I are, so I, got a, is, yeah. I got an oat stash and a greatest American hero mm-hmm. costume. Got mm-hmm. it. So, Perfect. Look, so uh, for, from my perspective at the time, mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve was Superman. I believe he sure. was Superman so much so oh, that yeah. I think I've said this before. Uh, if, if, a couple of years later, a few years later, when I finally saw him in something else, Death Trap, I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit, he's an actor? <laughs> you know, and but that, I mean, at that point, I, I credit that with one of the things that inspired me to want to act because I was a little mm-hmm. bit older at this point, could appreciate that someone could pull that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was pretty, uh, I don't know, surprising and inspirational to me. Yeah. Anyway, while Superman 2 was another success, the fortunes of, this, of the saga took a downturn with Superman's 3 and 4. Yeah. Superman 3, of course, brought in a comedian, uh, Richard Pryor, to play a hacker, and it just, it became like a wacky comedy. Um, mm. So inconsistent with the tone of the first two films. Mm-hmm. Although we do know that the second film, Richard Lester took over for Richard Donner because the producers of the film felt like Richard Donner wasn't making the film wacky enough. And Richard Lester hmm. wanted oh, to put, put in all these gags in. So a lot of these slapstick and gags in, in Superman oh. 2, mm-hmm. including if you remember like the, the, when the, when the, during that big battle, when he's fighting the, the, uh, the, the, the trio from the phantom, from, yeah. the, from the phantom zone, yeah. um, they blow over telephone booth and a guy's still on the phone while the phone, yes. that's mm-hmm. all Richard mm-hmm. Lester's nonsense. Okay. Right. Anyway, and Superman <laughs> four was even worse, unfortunately. Uh, it's and that doomed the series and marked uh, Reeves' last appearance uh, as the hero. Quest for Peace is that yeah that mm. yeah I'm not a hundred percent sure I ever saw that very last one I was yeah. all about don't, the first two don't, yeah, yeah okay. don't see that one oh there you don't, go don't, 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 don't. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah you're not missing anything yeah no, no one's gonna reference it it's not like a, a paragon of pop culture yeah you're not gonna oh, make no, jokes about name. it for me to laugh at and not understand yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I've done it several times in this show ah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think at the time, Christopher, we wanted to make a film that made a statement with regard to uh, disarming a nuclear armament, you know, with ah. sort of a de-escalating mm-hmm. nuclear tensions that were, right, right, know, right. were high, pretty yeah. high in the 1980s. But the film ultimately mm-hmm. is, it doesn't have much of a budget. Uh, and so the effects are terrible mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not well written and it's just, he's fantastic in it. He always, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he, and his yeah. portrayal of Superman is really, we didn't have this you know, uh, mix of, we didn't have such a distinction between Superman and Clark Kent until Christopher Reeve. If you remember in the fifties or sixties, the black and white TV show, you know, George, uh, Reeves who played him, it was pretty much Mm -hmm. either. It was the same character, just had glasses and a suit on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and and Clark Kent almost didn't have anything to do in those early in the in the, in the television show. He was just sitting at the Daily Planet, waiting to jump out the window. Like yeah. he, there wasn't much, <laughs> there wasn't much Clark Kent story going on. Yeah, he was just waiting to be Superman, pretty much. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. yeah. Well, well, Christopher Reeve, a Juilliard trained actor, you know, who was roommates with Robin Williams at, at the at the time he was in Juilliard. Whoa. Um, he wow. he made a decision that he wanted to make them very distinct, and I believe he modeled a, a Clark. Clark after, I think it was uh, Cary Grant, somewhat Cary Grant, mm. but made him so more nebbishy and nerdy. And, you know, and yeah. It, yeah. it's amazing. Even just how he holds his body and his mannerisms, his voice mm. is so different that when, as he takes off the glasses and scenes, you see him oh transform. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yep. so fantastic actor it. under, you know, underused certainly in Superman for our system. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. 
So Super Supergirl, Helen Slater, they, they decide they're going to make a Supergirl spinoff film that's in between Superman 3 and Superman 4. Uh, Helen Slater is cast as his cousin, you know, which is consistent with the consistent with the comic books who, who comes to Earth. And some, I think, in most stories, she actually came to Earth before him, but she was. Uh, uh, no, but this is going to be too wonky. Scratch Perfect. all that. Anyway, <laughs> she faces off against Faye Dunaway's character. Originally, uh, Reeves himself was going to appear in the film as Superman. The story was very different than what ultimately we got. In fact, it was Christopher Reeve who suggested the director, uh, Jeannot, I'm going to say, Jeannot Svark. <laughs> uh, to direct Supergirl after Reeve worked with uh, the director on uh, Somewhere in Time. Ah, Another great uh, film. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Time travel. Mm-hmm. But three mm-hmm. more months before the yes. production began, he told the director it didn't, quote, feel right. Oh, this is via the documentary You Will Believe, the cinematic saga of Superman. Mm-hmm. And he exited the spinoff. So just three months before mm-hmm. they're going to start shooting, he exits it. Uh, Superman's absence in the film is explained as uh, him being away off Earth on a, quote, peace-seeking mission, uh, mm-hmm. end quote, to another galaxy. Um, originally, he was going to be the uh, be in the film as a mentor to this cousin to show her how to use her powers before he needed to be saved after being put under a curse uh, by a spell. Curse. Um, a crypto curse. Anyway. Uh, Superman 3 came out, wasn't as uh, what everybody had hoped it would be. And it's it's suspected that Reeve probably knew it wasn't going to be so fantastic because, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, even before it was released. So that's too bad. Uh, I would have liked to have seen his his portrayal there. You know, something post Quest for Peace would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe. Well, no, that was before Quest. It was was before. But maybe we kept us from having it. Something else. Exactly. You know what I mean? Maybe we wouldn't have had Quest for Peace. Maybe uh, maybe, Supergirl would have been better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe writes, that's what made Reeves' performance brilliant. His congrats, his congrats between I'm Kent not, and Soups. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's supposed to be congrats. Yeah, but the, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. the, yeah. Speech yeah. to text. We got you. Uh, the transformation says, for sure. Yeah. says there's yeah. that one scene where he leaves Lois and Superman mm-hmm. when he interviewed, I know he's talking about, when she interviews that's him Superman. and he, and he leaves and then Kent appears at the door. It's done in one shot. Mm-hmm. I think it's, yes, it is. It yeah. is. Oh, contrast. contrast. Yeah. There we go. Contrast, contrast between. between. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's a fantastic shot where they use like, I think rear projection to be able to fool, fool the audience. And even being aware yeah. of as, as many camera tricks as I am, I got to tell you, I think it wasn't until someone about, I saw a behind the scenes featurette that they showed that. that I was like, Oh my, how did I not catch that? Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, you knew they had to do yeah. some trickery, but yeah, yeah, that was Pretty cool. I thought it was an edit, honestly. Yeah. It's so smooth. Yeah. It's I really don't know. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. And Joe, all right. Uh, but, oh, contrast. Okay. There he goes. All right. So okay. there you go. Um, I'm still waiting for Marcus's next uh, request. Did we get, oh, it was, it was a greatest American oh, hero. Oh, the Johnny version. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, never mind. So well, he's going to have another one, I'm sure. I'm going to spin oh, I wonder which one it's going to be. Let's I see. wonder. Oh, but no. we don't have to do any more stories. The last story, the only story. You remember oh. how to say this? Kari, Kari, or Kampai, maybe? Kari or Kampai, maybe? Huh. Sounds right. So, yes. and this is referring to Cobra Kai's Chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the actor who played Chosen uh, uh, in, mm-hmm. the, in the second Karate Kid film and most recently returned to play that character in season five of Cobra Kai, Yuji Akomoto, uh, Used the holidays to reflect on his character's major blunder in season five. If you remember, they had like a uh, inglorious bastards type uh, moment where you mm-hmm. remember seeing that film where he, the soldier, the English soldier, who's uh, what do they call him? He's, he's a spy. He's, he's in pop, impersonating a German soldier. Mm-hmm. 
gives mm-hmm. what three? He does three. Is the three the way yeah. an English would do it versus the way the German would do it? Okay. Oh, which way is yeah, yeah, the oh. three here versus oh. the three there, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, and the yeah. Germans are on to him, and they realize he's a spy. Anyway, oh. so we had that moment, like a moment like that in Cobra Kai, where um, when Chosen is, is uh, actually is now infiltrated. Terry Silver's a dojo uh, acting yes. as if he wants to be one of the masters for this, the, the, the current bad uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. When they're sharing drinks, drinks and Chosen had lied and said that he was actually from, was it Kyoto? Kyoto, we'd say. Right. Let's oh, see, I got it written I down remember. here somewhere. I watched it too fast. Uh, <laughs> binge. <laughs> yes. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, the actor, here, I'll just read what it says here. At Silver's Dojo, Chosen makes a toast with the Cobra Kai sensei, but accidentally says the Okinawan term, Kari. Okinawan, okay. This oh, declaration yeah, blows. Yeah, yeah. It blows his cho- Chosen's cover because he told Silver he came from Kyoto. Yeah, so right. Where, yes. where people say Kampai. So why, doesn't he, why didn't he say that? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's it's been great to see him back. He's was one of yeah. my favorite characters this season because he went from this like a self centered, immature, in mm-hmm. a kid in the in Karate Kid two to be like this mm-hmm. mature, batshit mm-hmm. crazy, insane, but me- <laughs> like measured, yes, like amazing fighter. That's insane. He's, crazy. he's not crazy because yeah, but he's like right, <laughs> but he just wanted to just take like, go there and just. You yeah, know, take care of business. That was so fantastic. But it's funny okay. how he accidentally burns down. Uh, was it Mike's uh, build furniture store? Oh my store. gosh! Mike Barnes. Oops. Uh, spoiler. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he uh, uh, there's a great moment too where he confides in uh, Johnny Lawrence about his love for Komiko. Still, yes. the character mm-hmm. that was in, in Karate Kid yeah. Two that he he liked. Oh, mm-hmm. anyway, fantastic. I mm-hmm. hope he's going to be back for the next season. Yeah. Um, we don't. When know is that more- coming? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, and we don't know how many more seasons we're going to get, except that we're going to get another one, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there was that, yeah. uh, that, that we better leak slash T slash dream of motion pictures and then more yes. seasons. And yeah, oh, we'll see. Oh, yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. That's right. It was, yeah. it was just this past September we talked about how Sony, Pic- Sony Pictures had officially announced another Karate Kid film was coming. Wow. Yep. Who knows what that's going to be? Right. All right. Which continuity. That, that, that is definitely more than enough. All right. So guys, hey, thanks for joining us for our final episode of 2022. That oh. is the us uh, dealing with all the news stories that we skipped. <laughs> so I'm deserve guess, a victory lap. Let's take a victory lap. I guess yeah. we talked about better shows uh, than, I mean, better news stories than that, I guess. I mean, some <laughs> of those are pretty interesting. It's, it's not about the integrity of the news. Yeah. It's about the integrity, entertaining value of the people delivering the news. Oh, I think that's where you are. So you, we made them palatable, didn't oh. we? Man, you oh, guys we love ourselves. Palatable. You guys love us. Um, just, somebody's got to. I'm just reading Marcus here. Yeah. I'm just, oh, and Jason. Yeah. He wants us to do more tomorrow. Do more tomorrow. And Marcus misses us. Oh. He's already looking forward to yes. it. That's wonderful. Oh. Well, uh, how sweet. I will say at least wow. this for a moment for 2022. That's the show. Mm. I'm ready. Oh, okay. She's <laughs> there we go. She was like, Boom. Prepared. I was, I was waiting for my cue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And our show, this last one of 2022, and hopefully the next one will yeah. be brought to you every week. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> well, <laughs> after January, right. every week. Thanks in part to yeah. our early adopters like Kathy Burke. Rick Parker and Karen Flieger. And thank you especially to our Secret of Our Success Level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, Craig Coletta, Marcus Taylor, who's right here, 
And yep. Tony, great. Yes. Great. Yes. Yes. Great. Uh, thanks, guys, for supporting the show the way you do. And, and uh, thanks for everyone who supported the show in any way, including commenting on episodes on Facebook or sharing mm-hmm. uh, posts. Uh, and please mm-hmm. continue to do that. And hey, don't be a stranger. Even though we're going to be off for a few weeks in January, please reach out with your thoughts, ideas, comments, either on Facebook or email me directly. I read my emails, Will, at 1980snow.com. We've already see- received some episode suggestions from folks that I'm working in, uh, working on, and some of them don't involve uh, interview guests, uh, Marcus, you'll be happy to know. But <laughs> no. it's still going to require some work, and so I look forward to doing that and coming back to you with some new episodes at the beginning of February of 2023. Hey, guys, everyone listening, uh, thanks for your support throughout the year. We look forward to talking to you yes. next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness.